Hey, this is Jason Robinson, the senior pastor at Church of the King, and I am so pumped up that you are hanging out with us today on our podcast. I pray that God really speaks to you today and that you are inspired and encouraged to take on this life for Jesus. I want to encourage you to go on over to our website at cotk.org so you can keep up to date with everything going on. But you can only learn so much through a website and a podcast. Man, we'd love to meet you. Man, come check us out on one of our weekend services. Uh, You can see all of that online as well. So God bless you, and I hope this word ministers to you today. I'd like to talk to you guys today about just a simple title, Small Decisions, Big Impact. Small Decisions, Big Impact. All right, let me go ahead and just get it out the way. I am wearing, excuse me, if if that's me, let me know. I'm wearing this today uh, for you guys that that do not know. We make a big deal about the next generation. That's what we like to do. And so this morning, we start in July. We've been doing this over the last few years. We're not at a place yet as a church that we send our kids to a kid's camp. So we decided to bring kid's camp to church on Sundays throughout July. And so so when you go back there, you'll see all kinds of, it's a Hawaiian theme. So I decided that I would be the walking billboard this morning for our Camp Kings kids that's kicking off this morning in the back. So I'm sporting my little Hawaiian. Uh, this is about the best I got with Hawaiian shirt. Uh, and so I'm doing that today. I'm going, it was in the back high-fiving kids as they're coming in. And then also, not just our kids, but our student ministry, they leave for senior high rev camp tomorrow. Any students going to rev camp tomorrow? Where's my students at going to rev camp? All right, so I got, so I have my King's Kids, Camp King's Kids shirt on, and then I have my youth camp shirt on. So I'm representing the next gen this morning, okay? That's, that's what I'm doing. So on the way in, in the back, have some fun with us. You'll see this in the back here. It shows all these different things that we can do and dress and feel free to do it. Just have fun with us, uh, with, with our, our, our students. So we're gonna have a great time. You know, as a church, talking about small decisions making big impact that we made is, do you need me to go ahead and switch, Josue? Okay. That's all right. That's all right. All right. I feel more powerful with this one anyway. So, but, but we made a decision as a church. We made it, we've made a decision that, that kids ministry, student ministry isn't going to be a side thing or a side program. We've decided that it's going to be one of the centerpieces of what we do, that it'll be one of the highest priority of things that we will do. You know, when we made a decision, we've also made a decision as a church that that we're gonna live for something bigger than ourselves, that we want to build for something bigger than ourselves. Now, here's the deal. Being selfless doesn't mean you never think about yourself. It just means you think about yourself less. That's all. That's all it really means. And so we've we've made a decision that, that, man, we're gonna focus on the next gen, our, our students and our kids, and we're gonna pour a lot of energy. By the way, I know it's probably just the Katie thing, But when you look at the percentages of how many kids we have and how many students we have uh, related to most churches out there, right around 15% is the kids. It's about 15% of the overall church will be kids. You add another 10% or so to that, that that might be students, really more about seven or 8%. Do you know our church on a Sunday morning, 25 to 28% of our entire congregation will be our kids in the back. 
we like blow away. Everybody I tell when I go to conferences and stuff, they're like, my goodness, how do y'all have so many kids? I'm like, have you come to Katy? It is in the water, you know, SUV galore, you know, all over because everyone has kids, you know, there's so many of them. Some of our volunteers in the back, they're like, man, man, we need some more volunteers, you know, and, and, and oh, well, we got a new family that's going to start serving in the back and they come and they bring their eight kids with them. And they're like, man, our ratios are still off, Pastor. You know, it's like, sorry, it's just kind of the way we roll around here. So, so, man, we made a decision that matter of fact, our building that, that we're building, if you go out, when you go outside and you see on the 3D renderings, that whole new construction, do you know what all that is? That's all kids. That's all our next generation that we've decided that we're going to pour into. Why? Because I want to build and I want to live for something that's going to outlive me. I want to pour into something that's bigger than me, that's bigger than us. Matter of fact, I have some good news. One day I'll, I'll share the whole story of all the different things God has done throughout our, our building project uh, over the last six months or so. It has been so much volleying back and forth between, between fire marshals and banks and loans and all of this stuff that has gone back and forth. But God has used all of us, all of it to bring us to a point that it looks like, okay, within the next week or two, we'll be closing on our loan. Everything is in, everything's approved, everything's ready to go. It's to the title company. The title company has given us a commitment letter. And so we should be signing, we should be hearing tomorrow the closing date for it, which we will sign. And after we sign, our general contractor said, within a week, he'll have everything on the property. We'll be ready to break ground. We'll be ready to start building and getting some progress and getting some construction. So man, unless the fire marshal comes in, and y'all pray for Brother Fire Marshal, all right? Y'all pray for him because several GCs in our church and even our bank told us, they said the wild card's always the fire marshal is what they told us, you know? But we've talked, we've gone back and forth with them. So it looks like uh, we should be getting a date tomorrow or by Tuesday where we can close and then we will have, so I just wanna put this in everybody's grid first so you know. Secondly, because it's gonna come kind of quick, but once we know when we're going to close, we're going to, we're going to do a breaking ground prayer service over at our building that we want to invite all you guys out to. And we'll finally get rolling. And they told us with six months later, we will be in our new building once we start construction. Come on, somebody. If you don't set up or tear down, you're like, oh, that's wonderful. If you set up or tear down, you're like, man, Jesus, Lord, praise the God. <laughs> hey, and I just want to say this. You guys have been so faithful in your giving. You've been so faithful with your giving. Uh, I mean, I'm blown. I'm blown away. You guys over a year ago committed $1.85 million over the next two years, which will be ending in March of 2020. And uh, we are on track because of the growth of our church and some special gifts that we're actually going to go past that. And it's looking like we're going to be give you guys are going to give over two million dollars. So that's even above what you guys committed over a year ago when it's all said and done. I think we ought to give the Lord a hand for y'all's generosity and what he's doing. It's just it's amazing. It's amazing. We're so, so, so excited about that. So if you have your Bible, if you'd open up to Acts uh, chapter 18, we'll get there in in just in just a moment. But I was going to almost call this message generational impact, 
But as I started drilling down on it, really the title that I gave, Small Decisions That Make Big Impact, started really coming to the forefront. It's big, not just in a church, it's big in a family, it's big personally, it's big in a company. There's this interesting thing that, that happens when you're living your life. If you're young in here, maybe you're a college student, you're single, uh, young age, whatever it may be, young couple, there's this thing in you that you wanna be successful. Like you just wanna be successful. You wanna feel like you're doing a good job. And so you work really hard to be successful. And then, you know, hopefully you get to a place that you feel like I've been pretty successful with some things. But then once you experience success, it feels good, but there's still something that's missing there. Because once you've attained some success, then all of a sudden this thing starts to rise up on the inside of you. And it's like, I don't wanna just be successful. I wanna be significant. I want my life to make an impact. In all my years of interviewing students, I was a student pastor for 20 years, talking to anyone. I never talked to anyone. They said, you know what my goal is? My goal is to be a loser in life. Never anybody ever tell me that. Everybody wanted to make an impact with their life. And so here's the thing I want to submit to you this morning. We all want to make a big impact. And many times we can take, I want to do something big for God. I want to do something big with my life. Nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, I like big ambition. I do. I like godly big ambition and faith and believing for big things. But many times we think the big, there's going to be a big event or there's going to be something huge that puts us on the map. I'd like to submit to you that many times the biggest impact comes from the small decisions. The biggest impact in your future, some of the biggest things that's going to make the biggest difference in your life, in your family's life, in our church's life is not necessarily the big, but the consistent small decisions that we make every single day. Our, our text this morning, Acts chapter 18, I want to challenge you with this. I want to share a story of Aquila and Priscilla. Aquila and Priscilla. You'll see them pop up in a few different places throughout the Bible. And I, I purposely took someone that wasn't a major character. I purposely took someone that I thought there'd be several people, maybe even in the room, who've never heard the name of Priscilla and Aquila. And I wanted to show you how they made a small decision that made a huge impact, starting at verse 24. Now, a certain Jew named Apollos. Now, this is after Jesus had died on the cross, rose again, the Holy Spirit had descended upon the people in Acts chapter two. And now the gospel, the church has been birthed and now it's going forth. Things are being shaped. Things are, are being defined. And, and here's a moment that a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. So right off the bat, eloquent, mighty in the scripture. So he was like the man. He was like Rock, I mean, rock star. He's come on the scene here. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the spirit. He spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. So here's Apollos, man, gifted communicator, passionate, fired up. I mean, People wanted his podcast. They were downloading it left and right. 
People was looking for his blog. They were following him on social media. What is Opalus, Opalus doing today? Where is he going? Man, he's powerful. He's like, he's like a rock star of the day, preaching the word and the scripture, man. Wow, this guy's amazing. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he had desired to cross to Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he, talking about Apollos, greatly helped those who had believed through grace. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scripture that Jesus is the Christ. Now, I want you to picture this for a moment. Here's this guy. Here's this rock star guy coming in on the scene. He's preaching. He's bringing the house down. I mean, it's just powerful. It's awesome. I mean, it's like us on Sunday morning, right, y'all? Don't laugh, but that wasn't funny, all right? I'm just say, I mean, he was bringing, it was just awesome. I mean, he, he was anointed by God, fervent in spirit, all of that. Can you imagine this dude coming on the scene? And here's Priscilla and Aquila, and they're seeing what's going on. And now I could imagine crowds are coming around. This guy's gathering more people probably than I ever could gather or whatever would happen. I, I, what? And then he starts to talk and he's, and what he's saying is not wrong because, but he's preaching about John, you know, John the Baptist who, who his message was prepare the way of the Lord. Well, here's the deal. The Lord had already come. Jesus Christ, the anointed one. He came John even, he put his stamp of approval, he put his affirmation, he said, behold the Lamb of God who has come. And so here is, here's Apollos preaching, and he's preaching the gospel of John. But Jesus had already come, and so they're sitting there and watching. I can imagine the crowds, everything that's going on. I can imagine they probably said, nah, I'm not going to say anything. You ever went to go tell, you ever like felt like you needed to tell somebody something and you just didn't do it? Or you ever like, you know what, hey, I'm going to let them know, ah, it didn't work out, I'm going to go tell them. Or, you know, I'm just going to call them real quick and I'm going to, ah, well, I just won't do that. I don't want to ruffle any feathers. I don't want to get things messed up. I don't want to get things out of the way. I, I'm not going to do that, but they made what might seem to be a, just a little decision. Hey, you know, somebody got to tell them. Let's, let's go talk to them. Somebody's got to tell them. And so they grabbed them, the Bible says they took them, they, and all they did was take them to the side and they explained the gospel to them more accurately. And then as they explained it more accurately to him, that small decision that they made said, hey, let's go ahead and pull him to the side, turned around and made huge impact on a whole nother region. Matter of fact, in that region that he went and began to serve and see major impact is where the book of Corinthians came out of. And it came from this big, big, big moment that we still read about today and learn in Corinthians today came from and was assisted by two people, ordinary people, who made what seemed like a small decision, but it made big impact. Many small decisions, I really believe, are big decisions in disguise. I think a lot of us here, that's one thing that we all have to do, you'll do today. You'll have to do it tomorrow. You'll have to make decisions. You have to decide to get up. You have to decide to go to work. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. You got to decide to go work out. 
You got to decide after church today whether you will order dessert with that food or not. You got to make a decision. You got to decide what you're going to do. You're going to decide whether you're going to parent your kids or just kill them. Which one? You, I don't know which one you're going to do. You got to make a decision. And our destiny is the accumulation of all of our decisions in our life. And many small decisions are big decisions in disguise. Many small decisions that may seem small now have massive outcome. I think of some small decisions. I remember being a little kid and I've shared this story if you've been around before. And somebody offered to my mom and said, I didn't grow up and at first my, my, my parents weren't saved. They didn't know Christ. And somebody just said, hey, you ought, to, you ought to bring your son to this thing called Awana. And my mom made what seemed to be a small, simple, easy decision and sent me off to this thing called Awana. And so I went to Awana, heard about Christ for the first time, gave my heart to Christ, and it set off a chain of events for all my family to come to Christ. It was a small decision, but it had big, big impact. It may seem like a small decision, but I remember being in a mall at a youth, a big youth event, and I was praying about being a youth pastor, and I knew God had called me to be a youth pastor. Matter of fact, I knew, I grew up Assemblies of God, and so I knew the state representative of the Assembly of God. And so he told me, and here I am, 19 years old, and I told him, hey, I want to be a youth pastor. He said, send me your resume. And to this day, I can't find that resume, but I really wish I could. I'd like to know what my resume at 19 years old looked like. I went to school. I played baseball. The end. I mean, I'd love to know what that resume actually looked like. And so with that resume, I remember I, I had the resume, I'm bringing it to mail it. The director told me, hey, go ahead and, uh, and, and send it to me and I'll send it to some people. I went to go put it in the mailbox and when I went to go put it in the mailbox, I'm just telling you, I didn't hear audibly, but it was as strong as I've ever heard God in my heart. He said, don't put it in there. I'm gonna show you this, this is me. I went inside, my dad was frustrated with me. Jason, God uses people, man. Put, the, put it in there. I'm like, no, nah, I'm just telling you, I feel like I'm not supposed to do this. A couple months later, I'm at this youth rally and this gentleman, this strong, strapping, powerful gentleman that you all know now as Poppy came up to me. I didn't know who he was. And he said, hey, so so what's your name? So my name's Jason. There's six to seven thousand teenagers. And here I am just strolling in there and he sees me and he feels just as I felt strong. He felt strong. That's your youth pastor. Walks up to me and goes, hey, would you come and and uh, be, be our, our, our youth pastor. We, we sat down, we talked about it. And I was like, so, so what? So tell me about what's going on. I said, well, our church is about a year old. We have about 50 people in it. We have about seven teenagers. I don't have a place for you to meet. I don't know where y'all gonna have youth and we don't have much money. So I can give you $50 a week. Come on, Poppy needs to learn how to, how to, how to sell it a little bit stronger. You know what I'm saying? That's what he told me. And that small decision turned into, uh, as you could, if you haven't, put the story together yet. God did a great thing and I met my wife and now I have a poppy and a nana. All because it might seem like a small decision to say yes to something, a small work, but it had great, great impact. Many of you, you made a small choice to come to church. Say, so I'm, I'm gonna go to this Church of the King thing. And you made a small choice, you made a small decision and it turned and you found spiritual family. Or maybe you decided to come this morning and the truth is you're looking for spiritual family. 
and you're here this morning. And man, if, if this is the place God would have you, man, we, we'd love to have you be a part of what God's doing here. It's, it's fun to see what God's doing in just a short period, period of time. Many of you, you may need to make a small decision. And I'm gonna just throw this out there. We have our next steps next week for all my people who are busy all the time. Our next steps is how you get involved in our church. You become a member and then you learn about our dream team and get involved once a year on July. in July. We do just all at one time. So we call it actually fast track, okay? One big step, all right? We do all the classes at one time. We provide lunch, we provide childcare. Some of you need to go ahead and make the decision. We're gonna go ahead and join the church. We're gonna sign up next Sunday. We have it after the second service. And you never know, that small decision may turn into other people's lives being changed because you're serving being in the hands and feet of Jesus. So I wanna be super practical today. We want to be biblical, but I want to be super practical today. If choices, if our destiny is the sum part of all the choices that we make and our choices and our decisions have such a huge impact, I want to just ask you and just simply give you some practicals today on, on what, dis, what choices you have. What, what choices do you have today? I want to give you a filter today of just a simple filter to work through. One that we see in scripture that we can work through that as you're coming through and making those decisions that you can filter them through these few things. And just simple this, your values, your priorities, and your season. Your values, your priority, and your season. Now today's gonna be super practical, but it's gonna really help a lot of people. As you're making decisions and you're making choices and maybe you're even here and you're praying about different decisions that are going on, maybe they seem monumental to you. Maybe it's a career change. Maybe it's relational. You're trying to figure out what to do with this relationship. Maybe it's with your child. Maybe something you're trying to figure out. What school do I go to? What, how, how do I do this? What decisions do I need to, to make? I want to help give you a filter, how we filter through our values, our priorities, and our season. Just simple this, the who the what, and the when. So let's start with the who. Look at the person on the right and left and say who. Who, so who, our values. Who, what, what are our, our, our values? Who, who are you? Who are you going to be? As we're filtering through decisions in our life, as we're filtering through decisions that we need to make each and every day, the first question should not be what. Now our culture is consumed with the what. Hey, what do you do? Hey, what are you gonna do with your life? Hey, what are you thinking about doing? I mean, I remember it wasn't, it wasn't until I was a senior that people asked me, what am I gonna do with my life? Nowadays, people in seventh grade, they're like, what are you gonna do with your life? They don't know. They're trying to figure it out. But I think there's a bigger question that's more important. And to my students out there, my young people out there, and I say young, maybe it's even some of my seasoned people out there. Let's just put it that way. Is this, that who you are is much more important than what you do. Because what you do may change, but who you are, you bring everywhere you go. And so maybe the biggest question in making any decision is who do you want to be? Who has God called you to be? The first scripture we read right off the bat, where it said, choose this day who you're gonna serve at the very end when it says, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. We have made a decision. This is who we're going to be. Let me tell you, Church of the King is a spirit-filled, life-given church. That's who we are. There's, no, there's nothing to discuss about it. There's, that, that's who we are. We want to be led by the Spirit of God. We wanna feel the presence of God. We know where Jesus shows up, anything can happen. 
And that's what we want. We're bringing students all week long into a place where there'll be over a thousand teenagers worshiping Jesus. We want them in the presence of God. Why? Because when they're in the presence of God, it can change everything in their life. We're spirit-filled, life-giving church. It's, it's who we are. I think about who you are as a family. We say a few things and we really didn't sit down and be intentional about it, but we've said a few things just about our family. I see my daughter on the front right here. Hi, Mia, how are you? And so I, there's certain things in our family. We say this, we, you don't have to, we don't have to serve. We get to serve. It's who we are. It's who we are as Robinsons. We're the, Robinsons, we're gonna make an impact with our life. Now, sometimes it's been good impact. Sometimes it's been not so good impact. But we're gonna make an impact wherever we go with our life because that's who we are. We have each other's back as a family and we love deeply. By the way, this is extremely biblical. We see all throughout scripture. Now, nowadays, we name people whatever we want, but, but then in scripture times, a name was critical because the name, it spoke into the character and the integrity of who you are. And it said, anytime you said someone's name, you knew this is what they represented all throughout scripture. And so I'd, I'd looked at a few names and I was thinking about my family and I, I looked up what the biblical name of Jason is. And it's healer. Yeah, I like that. So, so he, that, that's a biblical name. It, it, it matters because when you speak it, it says something of who you are. I looked up my wife, my, my wife, it says crowned. So my queen, all right. I kept going through and Mia's was like beloved. And I got to Trent and it said trespasser. My son. Made a lot of sense, y'all. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> hey, be, nowadays, we, just na- we, we, we try to figure out the most weirdest name out there, and we just name our kids that. But, but it's very biblical that we see that, that who you are, knowing who you are is, is critical. But for, as me, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It doesn't matter what culture says. Doesn't matter what laws our country ends up passing. It doesn't matter what everybody else does. It doesn't matter. Well, we need to come with the times. No, no, no. Me, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Wherever it takes us, whatever it costs, whatever it ends up, we're going to serve the Lord. Why? It's not what we do. It's who we are. It's who we are. Aquila and Priscilla, by the way, Aquila's the guy because I kept trying to figure out which one was which, because I didn't know. Aquila, I was looking at the names and what they meant. Here they are making a small decision that made a huge impact with Apollos' life and the church's life. And the name Aquila in biblical term means this. It means eagle. Eagle. And so is it possible that as this Apollos was preaching, the gospel of John, that he was just being who he was. An eagle, you know what an eagle does? An eagle can see miles away. Maybe he, apparently he saw a perspective and he saw something where he's like, you know what? I need to move in and help in this one area. It's who he, who he is. I, I wanna throw this in there. This is kind of a, a side journey, but, I'm all, but I thought it was important to do it. Talking about who, I wanna talk to all my, my, un, my, my, my not married yet or you know, single again out there. The two greatest decisions you'll ever make in your life is who are you going to serve and who will you marry? Those are the two most important things. So, those are, so make sure when you talk about who you're going to marry, bring people in your life that love you too much and love you so much that they'll tell you the truth. 
That's a good amen point right there for somebody. Who? I want to give you a little homework this week. I want to give you a little challenge this week. I want to challenge you to make a small decision that I think could make big impact for you. A couple weeks ago, I gave you a little homework and I said, when you get to a stop sign, a stoplight, I want you to look around and look in people's cars. And for the first time, don't just see traffic, but let's see the people that's on the inside of it. I want to give you another little bit of homework. I want you to write down this week, I want you to take a moment and write down who you want to be. Who you want to be. And so I thought I would do this. I'd never done this before. So I said, well, I can't ask them to do it if I don't do it. So I wrote something down just as an example to you guys, okay? Just for me, this, this, I'm not trying... I'm not all this, I'm just, this is just what I wrote down as an example that I want Jason Robinson to be. Jason Robinson, I'm sure there's some things y'all add, some things maybe you take away, but this is, this is mine. A sold out servant of God, this is who I wanna be, who will do whatever God asks me to do. I'll love my wife and stay madly in love with her. Come on, y'all know there's a difference between loving and staying in love with them. I'll raise my kids to the best of my ability so they are ready for the path God has for them. Pursue the call of God no matter where it takes me, how much it costs, or what the outcome looks like. I have predetermined to tell Jesus yes. I want to be a leader of leaders, influencer to the influencers. I will mess up, but I will keep moving forward, and I will always be real, honest, and determined to be and do all God has for me and everyone who comes in contact with me. So I won't be. So everyone say, who? Who? So filter your decisions through the who. The second one is, it is the what? Matthew 6, 33. Talk about what? Your priorities. Matthew 6, 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all things and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So who? Who do I want to be? My values. It goes through that filter. Any decision that comes, is that who I am? Then the answer is no. Oh, is that who we are? Then yes. Hey, so, so do we do this as a church? Do you do this as a family? It first goes through the, the who test. Is this who we are? Then secondly, it goes through the what test. It goes through our list of priorities that we seek first the kingdom of God above all things. Maybe you're out there and you're even wondering, what, what really are my priorities? Maybe I know, maybe I've said what my priorities. Let me give you a little test of how you can know what your priorities are. It's real simple. If you want to get a good read on your priorities, you can look at two, in two places and you'll know. Look at your calendar and look at your checkbook. And you'll know where your priorities are. You will. When you see where you put your time and you see where you put your treasure, and when you do those things, you will know ultimately where your priorities, where they rest. Where your time, your talent, and your treasure. Talking about priorities. I got to tell y'all, I've had a, a personal moment in the last couple of weeks, all throughout my family, there's heart disease. And basically, other than my uncle who passed away uh, last year of cancer, everybody in my family died of heart attacks. And so, man, I stay pretty active, work out, all the stuff. And, and, and I went and got my, my blood work done two weeks ago and found out that my cholesterol is really high. Really, really high. And so, I, so they put me on some Crestor and getting all that ready. And, and I'm looking through... And I just, it, it brought into focus that I've made so many things a priority, but I've not even made my own personal health a priority. The problem with that is if I don't make my, my, own, my, own, my own health a personal priority in life, then it doesn't matter all these other priorities. I'm not going to live long enough to be able to champion them. 
I don't want to lose 10 years of my life because I've not made it a priority in my life. And so, so I went back to CrossFit. I did. And it was ugly, y'all. It was ugly. We had this killer workout. Oh, my goodness. Now, here was the worst part of the workout. There's about 10 people doing this workout, and I'm getting, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm getting after it. And I get to my last round, and I look around, and everybody's done but me. But that isn't the worst part. They started to gather around me. Come on, pastor. You can do it. Now, here I am. I've got to be an example to the people. I can't quit because like, I'm never going to your church because you're a pastor who quits. I couldn't quit. I couldn't cheat anymore. Uh, anymore. That, that slipped out, didn't it? All right. I couldn't cheat. How many reps did you do? You know, I, mean, I couldn't cheat. And I'm sitting and literally six people around me are like, Jason, come on. You got this, pastor. You got it. You got it. Like, Pick it up, do three more. Two more. And and literally, I'm like, there's like, there's, it went from like five to like 25. Why? No, because I saw, I saw double and triple after a while. And then when it was all over with, I laid on the ground and the, and the, and and the coach said, all right, let's do a cool down. I'm like, I'm doing a cool down right now. I get up and, and the, and the coach looks at me and he goes, now, Jason, you need to get back in the gym three or four times a week because that workout shouldn't hurt you that bad. Yes, sir. I got, I got coached up. Let me just say this for a second. This is important. We all need people in our life that love us enough that are going to tell us what we need to hear, not what we want to hear. There's people who add to our life and people who multiply to our life, and people who, but there's people who divide and subtract from our life. That's a decision that we need to make and filter through the who and the what. Why, why is the what so important? Because when you look at the priorities in your life, it should, that should be a decision grid, that the decision filter that comes in. This is who I am, but this is what I wanna be. God, I, I wanna encourage you this week to make small decisions for big impact in your life. The most important priority in our life should be relationship with God. I wanna encourage you, make, make a small decision to read your Bible and pray today. Today. It'll make massive impact in your life. It will. Don't worry, don't say, don't, don't worry about everything else. Just, just make the decision today. Make, make that decision. Hey, I'm gonna read my Bible, I'm gonna pray today. I wanna encourage you as, as, as your priorities that your spouse, if you're married in here, your spouse next to God is your next priority. Y'all didn't say much on that one. It's, it's, your, it's your priority. Prefer them over yourself today. Tell them you love them today. Tell them how much you appreciate what they do for you and the kids and everything that's gone today. That, that's, a, that's a decision. Why is that important? Because as decisions come our way, you have to weigh how's it going to affect your relationship with God and how's it going to affect your relationship with your spouse. Also, third one, priority is, is kids. Is kids. I remember we started the church three and a half years ago and about a year and a half before I actually moved here, 
I was beginning to travel and talk to different people who were supporting the church. And, and I would ask different people and talk to different pastors and they would, and I would say, hey, what, what advice could you give me? And I had all kinds of advice, but there was probably about eight to nine separate times where a pastor would tell me, hey, listen, just go ahead and, and tell your kids, tell your kids and your wife that, hey, you're starting a church so you won't see them much for two years. I'll never forget it. Now, I'm not trying to be all whatever or judge anybody or anything like that. But my kids are right in that teenage range right now. And I made a decision at that moment because of my priorities that first of all, I serve God, I love my spouse, and I'm gonna raise the kids, the gift of God that God's given me and my children. And, I, and this is, I made a conscious effort. I looked at my wife, I said, if it takes longer for the church to grow, so be it. I'm not sacrificing my kids on the altar of starting a church. Why? Not because I'm holier than anybody else. It's my priority. Because I don't know, but I have a feeling that maybe the greatest thing I give to this earth is not what I can do, but who we raise. That'd be the greatest gift that we give. It's, it's, it's our priority. The kingdom of God, the career, our career. Connect with your kids daily, the kingdom. What, what small way can we move the kingdom forward today and, and how do I add value in my career? Your career is important, it is. So, so who, our decision filter. Who, what, and then finally when, your season. Ecclesiastes 3, one through eight says, this. It says, for everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. As we're filtering different decisions, if, 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 if our destiny is the culmination of all of our decisions, if our small decisions make huge impact, then we have to have a filter, a filter that says, this is who I am, and because this is who I am, we do this or we don't do that. These are my priorities in my life, my relationship with God, my spouse, my, my relationship with my, my parents, my relationship with my kids, my relationship with, with the kingdom, my relationship with friends, my relationship with the career. But then there's one last one and it's our, it's our season. It's our season. Young people, I want you to be careful with your relationships. I want you to be careful, why? Because the right thing at the wrong time turns into the wrong thing. Solomon actually said it this way. He said in Song of Solomon 8, 4, it says, oh, let me warn you, sisters of Jerusalem, don't excite love, don't stir it up until the time is ready and you're ready. Be, be careful. There's a time and there's a, there's a season. Singles, I would encourage you, burn it up for the kingdom of God right now. Matter of fact, don't, don't chase after who you're gonna marry. Chase after God. And the best picture I can give is as you're chasing after everything God has for you, at some point, you're gonna to look to the side and there's gonna be someone chasing after God just like you are. And you're gonna be like, oh, hey, let's chase after God together. So, I mean, run after God. It's the season. 
that, that you're in. You have young kids. When you have young kids, you already know this. You can't do everything, but be careful. Don't isolate yourself. Get around with others. Have a little, uh, it's the season that you're in. From our older, more seasoned saints out there, I want to encourage you, don't check out. God has so much more for you. So much more mentoring you can do. So much you can do. You make different decisions when you're in different seasons. And you never know the small decisions that make huge, huge impact. I, I, I need to end, so I'm going to go ahead and end with this story. There's a story years and years ago that came out on the news. It was even before my time I heard about this story, was told about it. And they were interviewing these twins. These twins, it was an amazing story where identical twins, one of them was real successful in life, while others, the other one was in jail and had been serving a life sentence. They interviewed both of them separately and they said, you know, we're just curious. We thought this would be a good story. Like, how did you, I mean, your your, your twins, I mean, how did you, how was one real successful, but the other is that things didn't go so well. And they both had the exact same answer. They both said, my dad, my dad. See, his dad had gotten involved in all kinds of things he shouldn't have gotten involved in. And because of that, he left at a young age, when they were young boys, ultimately began and lost his life over what had happened. One young man saw the decision that was made from his father, and he made a decision. And he said, I'm not gonna go that route. I'm gonna love my kids. I'm going to make something and I'm going to let that very thing that, that I should hold on as a crutch that holds me down to be the fuel that propels me into the future. And another one said, you know what? I'm going to be just like my dad. I have no hope. I have no future. I can only hope to be, I mean, I'm going to fall in. And he fell down the same exact path. See, the decision of Aquila and Priscilla. It impacted a country. It impacted a region. Man, the small decisions that we make today will be decisions that just don't just impact us, but impact our kids and our kids' kids. Before I let you go today, I think it would only be appropriate if I give you an opportunity, maybe you're here, to make the greatest decision you can make. Surrender to Christ. Maybe you're here and you've never really surrendered your life to Christ, I want to give you that chance today. Maybe you're here and you've come to church or maybe you were invited for the first time. Maybe you've been around church stuff, but you've never really surrendered your life to Christ. But you want to do that before you leave here. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says in Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us, you, me, both of us. And Romans 6, 23 says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. In John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Have you surrendered your life to Christ? I want to give you that opportunity. Today could be one of the greatest decisions you ever make. I'm asking everyone to close their eyes. If you're here today 
and you've not surrendered your life to Christ, but you wanna do it before you leave here today with no one looking around, I'm gonna count to three. And when I say three, if you would just lift your hand up real high and put it right back down. I'm not gonna have you stand up. I'm not gonna come have you come forward, but I do wanna pray for you. So if you're here today and you've not surrendered your life to Christ, but you want to before you leave here today, I'm gonna count to three. When I say three, just lift your hand real quick and put it right back down. I wanna surrender my life to Christ, Pastor. If that's you, raise your hand in one, two, three. Anyone here, I wanna surrender my life to Christ. Anyone in here today? Anyone in here today? Anyone in here today? Okay. I'm gonna say this prayer and I'm gonna ask our church, everyone in here to repeat this prayer after me. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you really wanted to. And here's your moment. Let's all just say this right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you this morning and I need you. Forgive me for my sin. Come into my heart and take my life. I give you my past, my present and future. From this day on, I belong to you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Can we give a hand for those people who who said that prayer? Why don't you guys stand up? I'm gonna let you go in just a second. If you did say that prayer, we have a little box on the way out. You'll see it on a little table there. Just grab it, put it in there. I'll give you some resources that you need. Let me pray for you. I'm gonna ask right now our prayer team will come forward if you need prayer for anything. And we'd love to just agree with you. Father, I thank you for your people today. I bless them. Lord, pray your favor would surround them like a shield, God, and your spirit would be with them in all they do. God, we love you. We praise you, God, for many that are maybe facing decisions this week, Lord God. Father, I pray that they would bring it through the filter, Lord God, through the filter you have for us and the priorities of their life, God, and who you've called them to be. And God, we just want to give you praise and glory with all we have. We love you. We praise you. We honor you in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said amen and amen. We love you guys. If you need prayer, we're here for you. Other than that, have a great, great day.